0: nowadays there's stuff and there's stuff you don't need to know a podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about hey everybody welcome back to stuff you don't need to know this is jay let me ask you a couple questions here Do you like 80s movies? How about Jean-Claude Van Damme? Do you like Bruce Lee? Did you like the original Karate Kid? The Rocky series? Did you like that stuff? Then have I got a movie for you. We are going to open the doors of Black Belt Theater and I present to you No Retreat, No Surrender from 1986. Yeah, I actually watched this film and I am going to take a look at it and review it for you now. You know, uh, the reason I'm doing this film is is I think I said this like a while back. You know, listen, it's the quarantine. And, uh, you know, with the quarantine, uh, I got to do some cleaning around the house. And I found my old collection of DVDs. Uh, I found some VHSs, but I no longer have a VCR. That doesn't matter. But I did find some old DVDs. And this was one of them. This this film I clearly picked up in a really deep dive-like discount bin. It's, uh, it was probably like five DVDs for a dollar or something like that. And I picked it up because I remembered seeing it as a kid, um, probably on cable or something like that. I was like, yeah, I kind of remember this film was really, it was really, really bad. So for whatever reason I bought it, I I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. I rewatched it and yeah, it's still a bad film. I mean, it's really, really bad, but it's under the category of it is so bad. It is so, so good. Now, let's break this film down a little bit. So if you look at the uh, DVD cover, or if you go online and you look at some of the movie posters and things, you'll say like, wow, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's a big player in this film, right? Oh, and it looks like it's, you know, uh, like a Rocky IV thing, like Russia versus the United States. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's none of those things. And JCVD is like a little bit in the beginning and a little bit in the end. He's barely in this film at all. So this was actually Jean-Claude Van Damme's first American film. And clearly after he hit it big, uh, you know, the production company, the studio, whoever (laughs) went back and, uh, you know, changed all the promotional items and, you know, movie posters, DVD covers, VHS covers, whatever. Pretty much they went back and they changed it to make it look like he was a uh, major player in this film. A little bit in the beginning, a little bit in the end. And here's the sad thing. (laughs) You actually want to see more Jean-Claude Van Damme in this. Uh, Because in this film, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Ivan the Russian. Uh, Yes, you know, the muscles from Brussels plays a Russian bad guy, a Russian karate bad guy. And, um, you know, even though he doesn't really have too many lines, he really hams it up. I mean, more so than... Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> does in other films. He really, really hands it up. And it's really kind of a shame that we get him a little bit in the beginning and a little bit in the end. So, no retreat, no surrender. What's the deal with this film? Well, the film starts out with our protagonist, Jason. And we see Jason studying karate in his father's karate studio in beautiful downtown Los Angeles. And uh, it looks like they're doing maybe taekwondo or Tang Sudo or, or, you know, similar martial art. And we see that Jason is a red belt, and we also see right away, we see that Jason, like in the mid-80s and probably even still today, like most martial arts students, is a huge fan of Bruce Lee because he decides to improvise and freestyle and do a little Bruce Lee stuff. Um, his dad kind of calls him out on it, like, Jason, what are you doing? First of all, let me just say something. The acting in this film, ugh, top-notch. It is perfect. Now it's horrible. Um... So really, there is a plot in this film. Kind of, sort of. Uh, There's kind of like an A-plot and a B-plot. You know, which for most movies and TV shows is great. You have your main A-plot and you have a little B-plot going on in the background. Both plots are really, really weak. So the very, very weak and watered down B-plot is basically not the mafia, or maybe legally they weren't allowed to say mafia, some generic crime syndicate from New York Yeah, not the mafia. So, some generic crime syndicate from New York comes all the way out to Los Angeles to take over karate studios and use them as a front for their criminal organization. You know, now, I was a big fan of The Sopranos. You know, I actually watched uh, you know all the seasons uh, twice and you know, with this pandemic still going on, I am probably going to do a rewatch for the third time. I I don't remember Tony Soprano going like, you know what we got to do? We got to start shaking down the karate dojos. T- t- <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, you know, they, this, this generic, crime syndicate guy comes in with uh jean-claude van damme in a killer white suit i mean the guy's as pale as a ghost i mean it you know is this the ghost of jean-claude van damme it almost looks like it uh you know he's there and there's another guy enforcer with him in a karate gi um so yeah not making a lot of sense here and basically they're shaking down jason's dad like you know join the syndicate or let us use your dojo for things, you know. And Jason's father is like, nope, not going to do it. Uh, he fights the guy in the karate gi, uh, kicks his butt. Now, one thing I will say about this film, this film was uh, written and directed by Corey Young. Corey Young was, uh you know, going way, way back into Hong Kong cinema. Uh, he was a member of uh, the Seven Little Fortunes, which was basically guys like Jackie Chan, Young Bao, Sam o. Hung. Uh, Corey Young was one of them. <clears throat> uh, he starred in some films in Hong Kong. Uh, he had pretty good success, but he really made his name uh, as an as a director and an action director. Um, in Hong Kong, he directed a lot of Jet Li's films. And when Jet Li came over here, uh, he actually did the action directing and later the directing of a lot of uh, Jet Li's American films. But this was one of his first films in America, <laughs> No Retreat, No Surrender. Uh, he co-wrote it and he directed it. And here's the thing, watching it now, uh, you know, all these years later, after having watched a lot of, you know, sort of like the Kung Fu comedies from, you know, Hong Kong that came out in the 70s and in the 80s, you do see a lot of that influence here. So, yeah, this is really a bad film, but... There are some good elements to it, and one of the one of the things I will say about this film, in all seriousness, the fight choreography in this film is pretty darn good. Uh, unlike a lot of fight choreography that was going on in uh, Western cinema, let's say uh, at this time, with you know shaky cam, quick cuts, trick angles, and things like that, um, they actually pull the camera back and they let these guys fight. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, obviously, great martial artist. You know, we know that. The other people doing martial arts in this film, it's pretty darn passable. I mean, they're actually not that bad. Uh, Clearly, they've had some training and uh, they are somewhat athletic. So it's actually the fight scenes are not that bad because, again, the camera is pulled back and it just follows the action. I mean, you really get to see what is going on in the fight. I mean, there's no, again, there's no crazy cuts. There's no trick photography or anything like that. You know, what you see is what you get. So that being said, you know, um, the generic crime syndicate pretty much breaks Jason's dad's leg. So he he has a crisis of conscience. Uh, you know, he's sitting there in the hospital with this big cast on and we get, we actually hear his inner monologue, which is like, <laughs> it's, it, it's almost like it's almost like this movie is almost like uh, an extended sitcom, you know. And it's like, here's the wacky dad, and he's, we get to hear his inner thoughts. So basically, he decides that look. You know, the best thing to do for him and his family is is to move. So they up and move to Seattle. So Jason gets to Seattle, and he sets up his own little dojo out in the garage there. Um, and again, you know, if you didn't know up front that Jason is a fan of Bruce Lee, I mean, he plasters the wall of this... Um, little garage with pictures of Bruce Lee, we see it, you know, he's wearing Bruce Lee t shirt. And, uh, you know, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, You know, I was and still am a fan of Bruce Lee's. And, you know, I know a lot of people my age, a little older, a little younger, that are into martial arts films you know, Bruce Lee, you know, does play a part of that. I, I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with the fact that he's a fan of Bruce Lee, but I think, yeah, you know, they go over a little over the top with it. Um, this is when we were introduced to RJ. Now, again, this film came out in 86. And like I said up front, there are a lot of 80s tropes in this movie. And RJ is one of them. RJ is the classic black friend, uh, you know, that you would see in, like, these 80s comedies where the cast was predominantly white, but there would always be that one black friend, and RJ is it, and he is just about every trope and stereotype of the 80s. Uh, He's got the soul glow jerry curl, which is awesome. Uh, He's riding around on his BMX bike with a boombox strapped to the front, which (laughs) we did that back then, so, you know, I I, I just, (laughs) it put a smile on my face. Um, he's playing generic hip hop because obviously they couldn't get the rights to any songs. No problem. And our introduction, to RJ, is this: we see Jason unloading the U-Haul, uh, helping his family move in, and he's you know unloading a bunch of boxes. And a basketball falls out. It rolls over. RJ stops it. He does some fancy dribbling on his BMX bike. Uh, you know, but they hit it off right away. They become instant friends. Uh, and like I said. Throughout this film, RJ is pretty much like your '80s like trope guy. Uh, he raps, he break dances, he break dances quite often in this film. Uh, he dresses like Michael Jackson, uh, you know, f- around like the Thriller era with you know the sequin glove and all. And uh, you know, he's just Jason's buddy, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's it's you know, it's again, it, it's all the tropes of the '80s films. Uh, you know, and this whole thing of them kind of relocating somewhere else is a bit like the Karate Kid, you know, with Daniel and his mom going from Newark all the way out to California. Um, you know, and it's just, it's pretty much like, I think the people, you know, Corey Jung and whoever, whoever else helped write this film were sort of like, well, let's see, it's the 80s. Uh, there's a lot of breakdancing films and uh that karate kid film did really well and people really love the rocky films and uh yeah bruce lee so they just kind of threw it all in a blender and out came no retreat no surrender so the a plot here we'll say basically is jason now again jason studied martial arts with his dad he gets here to seattle and he wants to continue to train, so he finds a uh, he finds a school. Oh, Scott! I forgot all about Scott. So Scott is going to be one of the bullies, or one of the you know sort of well bullies. He's going to be one of the bullies in this film. He is also an eighties trope. He's he's the fat disgusting guy, basically. Um, you know, he would be like uh, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He'd be Francis but a lot more disgusting than Francis ever was. Uh, in fact, the, the guy who played Scott in this film actually kind of a little bit looked like the Francis character from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, and like I said, he is going to be one of the main bullies in this film. So here's the thing with Scott. So Scott's a big guy. Uh, you know, they pointed out, they call him Fatso, they call him Porky, all this stuff. Uh, when we're introduced to him, it literally looks like he has... Uh, like a Sara Lee cake that comes in a box, usually in the frozen food section, and the box is ripped open, and he's just taken big handfuls out of it and he's smearing it all over his face and everything so fat disgusting guy we get it um he hates r j and uh you know they never say why, and in fact, <laughs> one of his little cronies is like, "Hey, what's your problem with that guy?" And his answer is, "I got my reasons." Um, and now seeing Jason and seeing that Jason is a Bruce Lee fan, well, now that puts him in his crosshairs. He's just like, oh, great. A Bruce Lee fan. So clearly Scott hates Bruce Lee and he hates martial arts. Yet the thing is, is when Jason shows up to this uh, Seattle karate studio, who do we see there training and buddies with everybody there? Scott. So the guy that hates Bruce Lee studies martial arts. Sure. Okay. Why not? So, so basically, um, like I said, this a plot of Jason coming to Seattle, um, trying to fit in, trying to learn martial arts. He pretty much gets bullied. Uh, he gets bullied in the dojo because Scott spreads rumors that, Hey, that guy over there, uh, you know, he was talking trash about Seattle karate, which I was like, there's a brand of Seattle karate, LA karate versus Seattle karate. Isn't it all just karate? But sure. Um, he gets bullied there. And next thing you know, we see is um, we see a party for this girl named Kelly. And you're probably saying, well, who's Kelly? You haven't mentioned Kelly. Well, when she's pretty much introduced here at this birthday party for her, that's when we get introduced to her. So Kelly is basically the sister. Of the guy that owns the karate studio that Jason went to and got bullied, but not by the owner because he was out winning a national title. Like I said, it is a very, 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 very weak plot. But again, it is so bad. It is oh so good. So basically Jason goes over there to her house and um, They just know each other. I mean, again, we've never seen her before in the film. And she's like, hey, Jason. Hey, Kelly. And they start smooching and this and that. And the uh, assistant sensei, uh, who had kind of roughed up uh, Jason before, comes in and pretty much like bullies him, you know, kind of like a Johnny Lawrence, Daniel Russo thing, like at the beach. But a lot worse because he practically guillotines the guy, Uh, guillotines Jason, I should say. So Jason has had enough. You know, he, he, of course, blames Kelly. Like, you clearly set me up, even though the entire time Kelly, uh, you know, while being held back by the other karate guys, is screaming for this guy to stop hurting her boyfriend, maybe? <laughs> well, for, to stop hurting her friend. I mean, she sticks up for him, this and that. So naturally, of course, she set the whole thing up. So Jason's at his wit's end. He runs to the grave of Bruce Lee, because yes, Bruce Lee was, or I should say is buried in Seattle. He runs to the grave of Bruce Lee, which RJ had taken him to earlier in the film. Um, and pretty much pleads with the spirit of Bruce Lee to, to help him. He's like, I need help. I need help this and that. And, uh, later that night, um, you know, Jason's dad sees that he got into another fight. He's very upset. He rips down his Bruce Lee poster, which is just like, you 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 don't do that. Like, you know, that's that's just the wrong thing to do. Jason runs. He finds RJ. Um, RJ's like, dude, no problem. I know of an abandoned house. Sure. I mean, they live in a really, really nice neighborhood, but there's an abandoned house there. No problem. They move, <clears throat> excuse me, they move all of Jason's Bruce Lee memorabilia and um, martial arts training equipment into this house. And, uh, you know, Jason falls asleep there. He wakes up to the ghost of Bruce Lee. Now, I think like when I when I saw this film way back when, probably mid to late 80s, for some reason, I thought that they used old clips uh, from Bruce Lee films and kind of like superimposed them in kind of like how they tried to finish um, the Game of Death movie using old cuts and, you know, kind of like putting a picture over the actor's face that was playing. Now, they get a guy that, yes, haircut looked like Bruce Lee's haircut, Um and you could you could tell right away that the actor playing quote unquote bruce lee um does not speak english at all and his lines are being dubbed in so i can't imagine how these scenes were filmed with you know uh the actor playing jason speaking english and then the actor playing the ghost of bruce lee speaking mandarin or cantonese (laughs) i'm like but you know what they pull it off actually so the ghost of bruce lee is like yeah dude i'll train you no problem And um, now the actor playing Bruce Lee, while he looks nothing like Bruce Lee, does have a lot of his mannerisms down. So I will give him that. So that's a big part of the film now is, you know, training montages. You remember I said like, hey, did you like the Karate Kid and did you like, you know, the Rocky franchise? Well, the Rocky franchise, of course, is famous for training montages. You would see, you know, two maybe three in a Rocky film. I think there were about five or six (laughs) in uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. And um, it's clearly done because they were like, yeah, we don't really have a plot or a story here at all. So training montages. Now, here's the thing. You know, Rocky, who did training montages, obviously, uh, was like, you know, training to fight Apollo Creed or Clubber Lang or Ivan Drago. Uh, You know, we would see training montages in The Karate Kid with Daniel LaRusso because he was training for the All Valley. Jason's just training, Uh, you know, because one of the things he says, he's like, I'm not looking for revenge. I'm not looking for vengeance at all. Like, I just want to learn martial arts um it's a little uh it's a little unusual as to why the ghost of bruce lee would come and help this kid just train for martial arts you know he's not you know because they kind of have a little philosophical discussion up front like you know you, you know karate is defensive not offensive and this and that and jason's like no 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 i'm not looking for revenge or anything so he's just training Jason, and it's it's an 80s martial arts film. What do you want? You know, you're looking for plot, you're looking for substance, look elsewhere. Read some Shakespeare. I don't know what to tell you. So basically, uh, we get a whole bunch of training montages. Um, we get uh, through the power of breakdancing. RJ and his friends, uh, other break dancers slash Michael Jackson impersonators help reunite Jason and Kelly um, basically by forcing them to dance together and uh, they're just like, yeah, we're cool. So yeah, so now basically what happens is, is, is Kelly, remember her, uh, her brother, uh, remember him? He's the big karate national champion and he owns that dojo in uh, Seattle where Jason got beat up. Well, guess what? The generic crime syndicate is back and they want to take over this guy's studio. And I don't even remember his name. Um, Mr. Karate Rocky Man, because that's who they're trying to portray him as. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, they're going to take over his his karate studio. And, you know, what does this guy do? You know, does he fight him? No. Uh, does he call the police? Does he call the FBI? No, he holds a very public karate kickboxing tournament or sort of like, basically, it's almost like he's sort of like letting it know, like, look, these guys from New York are coming. They're trying to take over my karate studio to use it for nefarious purposes. So we're going to have a we're going to have ourselves a tournament here. Our three best fighters against their three best fighters. Uh, you know, they win. They get my studio. I win. They have to go back to New York sort of a thing. And there's like kind of a big deal made about like, you know, uh, TV and radio and newspaper coverage. And it's like, OK, OK. So basically the mob is coming in, looking to take over this karate studio, and instead of them just forcing their way in um, (laughs) with either karate or, I don't know, guns, um, they decide to, yeah, let's just have a karate fight tournament kickbox sort of thing, uh, and we'll invite the public, and we'll let everybody know, And, and, and again, you know, you're looking for plot, you're looking for substance, you are looking at the wrong film. So basically, you know, we get the team from New York and we get the team from Seattle. But then, you know, and I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who the actor is, but, you know, he's sort of like the, um, the representative of, you know, this, this crime syndicate. And he's just such a hammy, hammy actor. It's, it's beautiful. He basically gets on the mic and is like, look, we don't need to settle it this way. I got Ivan the Russian. Jean-Claude Van Damme, remember him? He's in this movie. Well, he's going to beat all these guys, all three of them. Not at once, though. I mean, but one at a time. And again, the martial arts fighting here and the choreography, it's pretty damn good, you know, especially for the 80s, uh, you know, and an American film. They really do a good job. Like I said, Jean-Claude Van Damme, we, we know the guy knows how to fight and we know he knows martial arts. Great, great stuff. And the guys he goes up against in, the, in this film, it's really, really good so basically Jean-Claude Van Damme mops up the floor with them um but then but then he threatens Kelly he threatens Kelly and 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 Jason is just like that's it flips into the ring and you know we just get this it's actually like i said it actually has a really 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 good fight and you know like i said this is a bad film i mean there's no story here there's no plot here the acting is absolutely horrible and i really would have liked to have seen a lot more of this you know quote unquote crime syndicate or whoever they were because the guy kind of representing them he was funny as hell and jean-claude van damme Uh, for his martial arts and for his really hammy acting. I mean, it would have been great to see a hell of a lot more of those guys. But overall, look, I mean, we know what's going to happen. He wins the day. That's it. The mob disappears, I guess. (laughs) You know, I guess, you know, this is the karate mob, not the, you know, regular mob with guns and stuff. But whatever. Um, Like I said, overall, it's a really hammy. (laughs) It's not a good movie. But it is so bad, it is good. And here's the thing. If you're like me and you saw this film way back when and you were like, God, that was a stupid film, watch it again. It's really not as bad as I remembered it to be. I mean, it's it's a bad film, but I would definitely watch it again. Here's the thing, though. It's really, really kind of hard to find. I'm sure if you go on YouTube, there's an illegal copy of it on there. Um, If you own Amazon Prime, the Riff Tracks version of it, which is basically Mystery Science Theater 3000. There is a version of that, so you can watch the film with the Riff Track guys over it. You won't hear half the film, but you don't really need to hear a lot of the dialogue. You're not missing much, trust me. Um, and it's actually kind of a fun way to see it. It might actually help you enjoy the film a bit more. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff You Don't Need to Know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later. And remember no retreat no surrender so, you remember when you were when you wanted at say- a